trigger warning for this podcast may contain explicit material unlike every other episode we've ever done what's going on everybody thanks for pressing play today in today's episode of nerd nostalgia you're gonna find me Irvin, doing a solo episode and in today's solo episode we're gonna be talking a little anime i want to give a quick shout out to my guy out in singapore andy tran thank you for recommending these two shows to me I'm pretty happy that I've watched them. It was a change of pace, but I'm glad that I watched them. All right, guys, please head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five stars, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about us, steal their phones, and drop a five star on there. Let us grow this nerd nation, this nerd nostalgia nation. All right, y'all know the drill. Before we get started, here's a quick clip for you to enjoy. I'm Miho Nishizumi, and this is Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And thanks for stopping by Panzer Vor. Oh, and fuck you, Brian, with an I. <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Nerd Nostalgia Podcast. And so in the introduction, I mentioned that we were going to be talking about a little bit of anime today. And these are two shows that my buddy Andy out in Singapore recommended to me. So they're a little bit change of pace as far as the normal manga and anime that I'm used to, specifically anime. I haven't read too much manga, to be honest. But it's going to be two different shows. And before I mention what they are, I apologize if you hear what sounds like rain in the background. I am recording this on a day that it is raining And I just can't do anything about that. So hopefully you can't hear it. Hopefully it's not too overpowering. Regardless, back to what we were talking about. Anime. Two shows. The reason that I'm pairing these two and not separating them is because they have very, very similar styles. They're kind of in the same genre. Actually, they are in the same genre. Or I guess maybe subgenre would be a better notion for that because I guess anime is a genre. Anyways, whatever. I digress. Back to it. So the two shows are going to be Kuroko's Basketball and Haikyuu. I hope I'm pronouncing both of those correctly because, I don't know, I feel like I'm butchering them. But anyways, yeah, these are two shows that my buddy recommended to me. So I first started watching Haikyuu, which is about volleyball, about high school volleyball. Well, technically it goes from middle school to high school, but predominantly it's in high school. And so I was like, I don't know, buddy. I don't know if that's going to be my cup of tea. I'm more used to the slash and dash, you know. Your Demon Slayer, your Dragon Ball Z, your One Punch Man, that kind of stuff, right? Your My Hero Academia, how could I forget that? Those are probably all my favorite animes out there. Uh, Comment yours on on this uh, post whenever I do post it. Go to our social media page, nerd.nostalgia, switched it back up to that. I think uh, adding the extra podcast is just too much. So nerd.nostalgia on Instagram. We're also on Facebook now. We started a new group. It's called Nerd Nostalgia Nation. Look us up. Ask to join. We have a few members in there. Pretty excited. People post different things on there. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Uh, we'll do all that here at the end. I'm getting a little sidetracked. So it was about volleyball, high school volleyball. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be interested in that. Well, sure enough, watched a couple episodes. Uh, they were dubbed, luckily. Uh, I'm more of a dub guy. I won't, I won't lie to you. 
But once you get me hooked on the dub and that runs out, then I do turn to the subs very easily. It's just a lot more concentration that you have to go through. But Q, it's it's about volleyball in high school. And then Kuruko's basketball, you may surmise what that actually is. It's going to be about basketball, high school basketball to boot. And so it's really interesting that these genres exist because I didn't know that you know, anime can be broken up into subgenres, right? And I'm no expert. And actually, we've had what I would consider an expert. We've had a voice actress that pretty much is in the anime game, uh, Meg McDonald. Shout out to you, Meg. She's been on our show. Go check out that episode. It was a great episode that we did with the voice actress. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. She's been on a, a few different things. So that was a great episode. But she kind of broke it down in one of those episodes of all the different ones that there are. There's like 14 different ones, right? There's going to be Shonen, Sign-In, Jose, Sojo, Sojo. Drama, Slice of Life, Fantasy, Comedy, Action, Mecha, Harem, Yuri, Isekai, Martial Arts, Magical Girl, Cyberpunk, Shonen Ai, and Kodomo. I'm sure there's probably more. Again, I'm not an expert. But those are some of the ones that a quick Google search popped up for us. And so there's going to be different ones, right? And Haikyuu is going to kind of fall into that comedy, coming-of-age story. Like a, It's a sports manga. It's a sports anime. And while that sounds kind of boring at first, and it kind of is a little bit, but once you get hooked into the story, it's pretty great because it becomes about competitive nature. And one thing that I actually did notice within that, and it's something that they represented all the time, and I thought it was pretty cool, is the Japanese, I guess, students always bow to each other at the end of games to kind of show that sportsmanship, which I thought was really cool. So the show becomes about competitiveness, about athleticism, about really just sportsmanship as well all around and getting to a certain point, right? You know, working hard and achieving a goal. And so it becomes very engrossing and you just become enthralled by it. Like you're, you're in the story. You feel like one of the characters you're rooting for them. They don't always win. Sometimes they lose, but they build and they learn from those losses. And I love losing in life, in sports and everything, because it means there's another level that you can achieve. You can always keep pursuing and pushing and continuing on. And that's kind of what these are about at their core. So Haikyuu, yeah, it's it's about volleyball. It's about a... Well, you know what? Before we get into it, let's give a little bit of history about Haikyuu, right? So it's uh, from the Kanji Volleyball. It's a Japanese manga series that was adapted into an anime series. The story follows a young kid. His name is Hinata. He's basically on this mission, this personal goal to become the greatest volleyball player ever. However, there's a little dilemma, a little problem that he has to, a hurdle, a hurdle that he has to overcome. And that factor is that he is uh, vertically challenged. He is not tall. And as you know, volleyball needs tall players. But as it turns out, as we learn, you can be short and play uh, as long as you have the heart for it, as it turns out. But he's small, so he's small in stature, and so it just kind of takes him through middle school a little bit and into high school. It's like just a few episodes of middle school, and then it takes you into the main course, which is the high school. So there are a total of 60-ish episodes that aired from around April 2014 to December 2016 with a fourth season announced in 2019 
and was pre- and was planned for two for sorry I can't talk guys and was planned for release in two cores. Uh, the first core of thirteen episodes aired from January April twenty twenty, and the second is uh, from October to December twenty twenty. So four seasons, roughly fifty to sixty episodes. The uh, North America version has been dubbed over, not all of it, but most of it. So yeah, it's it's a really great show. Follows this character Hinata uh, Shoyo, Shoyo Hinata is his full name. He attends a high school called Karasuna High School, where he sees them playing for the nationals. By the time he gets there, it it isn't the same as it was before, and so it's kind of a climb back to the top type of story. So he sees this one character that was from this school called the Little Giant, and he was just this amazing player, and so he wants to basically become this 2.0 version of this character. So he ends up joining the volleyball club once he arrives at the high school. However, he finds out that one of his rivals from middle school is also attending the same high school, and the difference between this character and our main character is that this other character is built for volleyball and he's got uh, prodigy-esque qualities to him. He has an inclining for the game. He is strong. He is fast. He is powerful. All those types of things. So our story kind of takes a turn here and makes rivals turn friends, basically. And so without giving too much away, they develop this dynamic duo and develop a, a friendship and a bond through that. So this other character who is named Kageyama, they push each other to reach their full potential, a full potential, and it's kind of a yin and yang type of story. And so it basically thrusts uh, Karusuna's journey of redemption to restore their reputation and make it to nationals. So I won't give any more away. That is basically the overall plot to the story. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of funny moments. Uh, Japanese humor can be very, very funny sometimes, and I really enjoyed this show. It, it's something out of the ordinary. You know, it's not, you know, somebody's getting stabbed and fighting and heads being blown and chopped off, that kind of stuff, which is the stuff that I'm normally into. The manga itself has been met with pretty positive reviews. I mean, it did sell as of 2016 roughly 20 million copies that were out there in circulation. In 2018, the manga had about 28 million copies in circulation. And by 2019, it had over 35 million with, I think, 2020 numbers hitting right around 30 million. So they're tracking for 40 million plus and 50 million copies by the end of 2021, if they're not already there. So, in Japan, it was the 6th best-selling manga in 2015, 8th best in 2019, and 4th best in 2020, with 7.2 million copies sold. So, the first volume ranked 22nd on the Tohan charts between June 4th and 2012. This is being cited from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. The first volume ranked 22nd in the Tohan charts between June 4th and 10th in 2012. So... It's doing pretty well. Um, the anime, you know, in November 2019, Polygon named Haikyuu one of the best animes of the 2010s. It's in the top 100 animes of the 2010s. And IGN also listed Haikyuu among the best anime series of the 2010s and nominated it for the best anime series of 2016. According to Crunchyroll, Haikyuu was one of the top 10 streamed animes in the UK, Canada, 
Oceania, Oceania? I don't know how to pronounce that. Mexico and Brazil on their streaming service during the winter of the 2020 anime season. So overall, very positive receptions, right? Whenever you can create 85 plus episodes, whenever you can create, you know, what, 45 volumes of manga, you're doing something right. So very well received. It's a coming of age story. You grow with these characters, and I think that's something that I like. I like a lot of coming-of-age movies, so I think uh, it only made sense that I would enjoy a coming-of-age anime. And, speaking of, that leads me to the next one, which is Kuroko's Basketball. So, this one is, again, pretty much identical to... Haikyuu, except it's going to be basketball. Well, there's, it's not identical, but there's a lot of similarities to it, right? Coming of age story, sports manga. It has a one-two combo as well. So before we mentioned that in Haikyuu, you had the combo of Hinata and Kageyama, which essentially become a dynamic duo at uh, their high school for volleyball, right? Well, this is going to do the same thing. There's going to be a dynamic duo in this one. You have Kuroko, which is a, which essentially their column is the ghost and the sixth man. And so I was able to relate a little bit more to Kuruko's basketball just because I grew up playing basketball. I used to go to basketball camps as a kid. Whenever uh, the University of Maryland went and won the national championship, the uh, NCAA, March Madness and all that kind of stuff. Whenever they won, I think, what was that, like 2002 or maybe earlier, um, I was able to go and got selected to go to their basketball camp during the summer. And so whenever I went, I had a Texas jersey, and I guess I wore it the first day. And with my accent, they uh, they only referred to me as Tex from there on out, which Tex and his team went and made it to the championship. And with a dynamic duo of Tex and his six foot seven giant of a twelve year old kid that he had on his team, ended up winning the entire tournament. So I was the point guard, would feed him the ball. He would throw it back out if he was uh, manned up by somebody else or double teamed. And that's how we won the game or I guess the championship. So I still have that trophy. I actually have a picture of that as well. Back when I had hair, back when I wore glasses on a regular basis and back when my ears were way bigger than uh, they needed to be. And my head had not fully grown into that, (laughs) into that body yet. Um, Anyways, back to this, back to anime. The anime and manga, I should say. So the manga was written by a Tadatoshi Fujimaki. If I'm, I I guarantee I'm butchering that. And I apologize because obviously everyone's listening to this. Anyways, uh, the original run ran from December 8th, 2008 to September 1st, 2014, accumulating a total of 30 volumes. So not quite as high as Haikyuu. But still pretty good. 30 volumes is is a lot, you know. He did do a, a light novel that was written, or there was a light novel that was written by Sawako Hirabayashi. And uh, that original one went from March 4th, 2011 to May 2nd, 2014, doing a whole total of five. Now, the anime uh, television series was directed by Shansuki Tada, written by Noburu Togaki. And the production studio was Production IG with a total of 75 episodes. So, pretty good, you know? Pretty good stuff. 
Anyways, they made other films. They made uh, like extra anime manga. And so it, it continued on from there. But the main plot, let's get to that. The, the Taiko Junior High basketball team rose to distinguishing, oh, again, this is Wikipedia, by the way, rose to distinction by demolishing basketball teams within Japan, winning the junior high nationals for three consecutive years. The all-star players of the team became known as the Generation of Miracles. After graduating from middle school, the five-star players went to different high schools with top basketball teams. However, a fact known to a few is that there was another player in the Generation of Miracles, a phantom sixth man. This mysterious player is known is now a freshman at Saden High, a new school with a powerful, if little known, team. Now, Tetsuya Kuroko, the sixth member of the Generation of Miracles, and Taiga Kagami, a naturally talented player who spent most of middle school in the U.S., aim to bring Saden to the top of Japan and begin taking on Kuroko's former teammates one by one. So the series basically chronicles Satan's rise to become Japan's number one high school team. The generation of miracles include Ryoto Kise, Shintoro, Shintaro Midorima, Daiki Aomine, Atsushi Murasaki Bara, and Seijuro Akashi. Satan High team fought Ryo's, Ryota Kise's team. And I'm just going to start going by their last names, the ones that they use the most often. First, in a practice match, although Kize was capable of copying all of Kagami's skills with added strength and speed, Kuruko's abilities helped narrow the distance, and eventually, Seiden won this game. They then met with Midorima in the preliminaries of Inter High. The game was much more difficult, not only because Midorima and the last three members of the Generation of Miracles are considerably stronger than Kisei, but also Kuroko's ability of misdirection was completely shut down by Tako's Hakai's. So, okay, let me chime in here before I continue on. So Takao's Hawkeye, he was on that other team. They do something a little bit different than Haikyuu and something that I actually liked. So much like Dragon Ball Z, where certain characters have certain abilities. So, for example, you have the infamous Kamehameha, which was originally done by Master Roshi, taught to Krillin, and of course, the guy who perfected it, Goku, who also teaches it to his sons and other people. But Goku does his Kamehameha wave, right? You also have what is arguably probably the strongest move in the entire uh, DBZ realm, which is going to be the Spirit Bomb, which also Goku is in charge of. So there's also other stuff, you know, like Boost Candy Beam is another strong move. The uh, the Dragon Fist, there's Absorption through Cell's Tail, Destructo Disc that uh, Krillin does. You have a Death Beam by Frieza. What else is out there? I'm trying to remember. There's an Omega Blaster. Uh, what else? Um, the KO Ken is another Goku move. And then you have the Gatlin gun, whatever. There's there's all these different moves, right? But they named them. And so much like Dragon Ball Z, that's what Kuroko's basketball did. And so certain players had certain abilities that other people had or could copy or could not or whatever the case may be. Something that was unique to each character. And so I really enjoyed that. Because it distinguished people, it wasn't just um, it wasn't just like in Haikyuu where it was just athleticism and like natural ability and you know rising above it. 
people had certain moves. And so it became also a matter of strategy and trying to incorporate those moves into certain points. And so it was kind of like a chess game up to a certain degree. So back to the plot here. So they managed to, well, ah, that kind of gives away a lot. So they get to the preliminaries. They face the generation of miracles. You have some curveballs that are thrown in the way. Girls getting beat up. American blondes coming and making out with people. What else do we have? We have very, very terrible English. So I want to say the first few episodes may be dubbed. And I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But eventually it crosses over into the subgenre, right? However, there are certain points to kind of like emphasize I guess, coolness or or bring a little gusto to the story, certain characters will speak English, but these are Japanese voice actors that are speaking English, and it is absolutely terrible why they wouldn't just hire, you know, a couple of dudes to say a couple lines in English is beyond me, but yeah, the the English is, is really, really bad whenever they do try it, and so... I I would laugh every time they would switch over from Japanese to English. But what was the reception to this? So I kind of gave you an overall arc about what that is. I don't want to spoil it for you because it's, it's really a great story as well. I like both of these. They're both really great in their own way. If I had to lean one... I can't decide between the two. I would, well, anyways, before we get into that, let me give you how these are, how this was received. So the manga series sold 9 million units in Japan by September, 2012. By 2013, it had sold over 23 million copies. That number increased to 27 million in 2014. Now jumping over to 2020, it hit 31 million. So it kept going and going and going. Now, as far as the anime is concerned, there was a 8.7 million copies sold in DVD sales. So, pretty freaking good. And if you had, uh, if you asked me, you know, it's uh, it's often compared to uh, Weekly Shonen Jump earlier uh, basketball theme manga Slam Dunk. But uh, Zusa Takashi, a real sound, pointed out whereas Slam Dunk was very realistic, the newer series is more focused on entertainment and is strongly based in fiction with each character having that special move that we discussed earlier. So overall, pretty good numbers, um, not quite as good as Haikyuu. Again, a little bit, a little bit different, a little bit more entertaining. Um, if you're used to the the Dragon Ball Z, where they have those special moves and things along those natures, then uh, then this is going to be a little bit more suited to you. If you want just pure athleticism and you know a little bit more realistic to a sense, then Haikyuu would be the route to go. And maybe you like volleyball more than basketball, or vice versa, basketball more than volleyball. So if I I, I again I I can't really decide between those two of which one I like. I really like them both equally. They're both, you know, we're comparing apples and oranges. I like both fruits. I like apples and I like oranges. I like the volleyball one because it's, you know, about uh, overcoming your your boundaries and glass ceilings and pushing beyond it and teamwork. And that's really awesome. And then I like this other one, uh, Kuroko's basketball, because it's about basketball. Again, I played basketball for a long, long time. In uh, in high school, whenever I couldn't dunk, you know, the first years or two, um, you know, I didn't make the basketball team. And so that was a big blow to me. And then I found football and I was b- better at that. But I digress. So 
basketball was always a part of my life. I still play to this day whenever I can. Obviously, with COVID, it makes it a lot more difficult as they took all the rims out of all the public parks. I think last year I played maybe twice. No, one time. Uh, I met up a buddy, The one of the gyms had reopened up, and uh, he's like, just come, we'll shoot around a little bit, and that was pretty much it, that's all we did, so didn't even get a real full game in, which I'm probably too out of shape for to, to realistically play, but anyways, but anyways, you know, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about these two, they're great shows, if I had to give them an Ewok scale, which is one to nine, y'all know the drill, I would put Haikyuu at a 7.5. I'd put them both at a 7.5, between 7.5 and 8. They're both really good. They're a little bit different than I'm used to. They're a little bit more calming and, uh, you know, a little less exciting than I like my anime and manga to be. Nothing is ever going to top Demon Slayer for me. That's absolutely the best ever, aside from Dragon Ball Z, right? That's just nostalgia in the fullest. Dragon Ball Z is number one forever, just for the nostalgia purposes. Seeing Goku go Super Saiyan was the biggest uh, cock tease, basically, ever, because it was like 100 episodes to get to that one part. And uh, yeah, anyways... That's going to be number one. Demon Slayer is going to be number two. My Hero Academia is going to be at number three. We have One Punch Man. And what's my number five spot? I don't even know. I'm sure there's something out there that I'm overlooking. Attack on Titan or something like that. I don't know. But these, I would say, would probably rank in my top 15, top 20, maybe sneaking into the top 10. I doubt it. I'd have to really... Actually, you know what? Let's do that. Let's go ahead and find the top 10 for Irvin, and then maybe we can get uh, Tran on the episode, on a future episode, and, uh, you know, we could do a panel between the three goons that are on this podcast that are on here consistently. We could ask Meg, our anime actress, and uh, we'll get a enthusiast out in Singapore with Andy, and I think that would make a great episode, a great panel. We'll discuss the top 10 top five animes of all time and and you know just kind of uh discuss why each of those is in our top five or top 10 whatever we end up deciding to do but i think yeah dbz for me demon slayer one punch man seven deadly sins sword art online oh man pokemon attack on titan Full Metal Alchemist, B-Stars, Magi. Those are all some of my, my favorite ones that I've ever watched. But I think that that is definitely something that uh, we can do for you guys. So be on the lookout for that episode. I'll definitely try to get that organized. There's a few things that are on the horizon for you guys. We have an upcoming interview that's going to debut. I'm in the process of editing an episode with It's All About Flash. We talk all the speedsters fastest slowest we talk who our favorites are with a what i would like to call a flash aficionado a flash fan a flash fanatic someone who boasts having every single flash comic out there or a majority of them which is a pretty big feat if uh if you had to uh, ask me that i forget it may be jeff johns i think that uh that has them all that is not our our guest host, but uh, someone does in the DC world does have all the flashes, but I digress. Our uh, our guy's going to be Flashpoint Comic. We're going to have him on an episode here pretty soon that's going to debut. It's just a matter of getting it out to you guys. But we have a few things 
down the line that we're trying to do. We're trying to link up with a couple upper, a couple other podcasts uh, to do a couple more episodes, uh, joint episodes. They're across the pond. Some are also here in the States, so we may end up doing another Infinite uh, Crisis on Infinite Podcast episode. Um, but yeah, guys, there's a few different things that we want to get out to you guys. We want to interview a couple of, uh, celebrities, you know, artists, actors, that kind of stuff and discuss nostalgia with them and overall their lives. But that's going to be it guys. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you are having a wonderful day and or night. Remember to Head over to Apple Podcasts, drop that five star, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about us so we can grow this community. Find us on all social media, nerd.nostalgia on Instagram. Nerd Nostalgia Nation is the private group on Facebook. Nerd Nostalgia underscore on Twitter. Nerd Nostalgia Podcast on TikTok. Can't quite remember what that one is, but find us. We're out there. And then, of course, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about us so we can grow. Well, that's going to be it. All right, guys. Remember, stay nerdy, my friends.